Welcome back to the podcast, and for the final time, I'm your host, Isabella Gescos. This intro will be quick because I don't want to spoil anything, but in this final episode, I had the chance to sit down with the regular season MVP, Travis Bazana. We talked about all things Australia, having doubters, being a leader, and obviously we had to touch on some Australian stereotypes and sayings. Guys, Travis's voice is so calming. I mean, your blood pressure will decrease drastically as you listen. You'll see, I promise. Ladies and gentlemen, Travis Bazana. Welcome, Travis, to the podcast, your final episode. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Pretty cool. Yeah, you got the you got the big honors. We'll talk about your MVP though in a second. So um, let's start off with what are your thoughts on Vegemite and uh, Finding Nemo? Vegemite is a, a must have in the cabinet. Um, I had it most most days growing up. I feel like uh, part of my breakfast. My mom makes probably the best Vegemite toast I could ever have. So yeah, it's wonderful. And then Finding Nemo is a good movie, and I, I love that people reference Australia here to Finding Nemo uh, but I wouldn't say like I have some crazy connection with Finding Nemo <laughs> I mean okay so Vegemite can we talk about that for a second yeah. what do you put it with other than toast so you put toast in the toaster and as soon as it's hot like ready get it out put butter on it so the butter melts on it and then like a really light spread of Vegemite so it's like yeah hot toast light spread of butter and Vegemite and yeah that's it that sounds amazing yeah that it's like it's a very strong flavor and taste and so you have to keep it light or it's like bad so often australians americans will go to australia and someone will be like you have to try vegemite here have it on a spoon and it's like there there's probably i feel like one in a hundred people would enjoy it on a spoon like it's terrible so you have to have it like correctly do they sell that in America at all, or do you have to have it definitely. shipped? Oh, they do. Okay, it's definitely. It's. I'm pretty sure it's exported, but like, there's places that would sell it. You wouldn't just go to Walmart and find Vegemite, but I feel like some places have it. Okay. From what I know. Do you surf? Uh no, I have tried my share of surfing, <laughs> but um, honestly, most people that like really surf every day, it's like they live in walking distance to the beach, and I live like 20, 25 minutes from the beach. Wow, so far. So far. (laughs) Great. Like, I was always at the beach, but it's kind of a, it's a walking distance with your board thing for the most part. And I was just, like, always doing baseball and stuff, so I never really had time to get good at surfing. Do you think you'd be good at it if you did it? Yeah, I think I'm pretty coordinated, and, like, I used to ride skateboards and stuff, even though that's not the same. Trust me. But, like, I'd be coordinated enough that I could be all right. See, we're taking every single Australian stereotype and just throwing them at you and it's seeing perfect. what sticks. What else is there? What else do you think we're missing? Um, I was going to bring up kangaroos, but I don't think that's yeah it at all. So we get it. You're Australian. But can you <laughs> switch accents? Can you give us an American accent? Yeah, I can give you an American accent. Keep going. <laughs> give us a sentence. Um, my name's Travis, and I'm from Kansas. Uh, I like barbecue. I don't know. That's the best I can do. Okay, we even had like a list of different ones that you can do, and Southern was one of them, and you just kind of hit that on the mark. Yeah, I think I can do Southern, or I can do like a really zesty, like Californian guy. Well, let's hear it. Oh my gosh. I, tell me something to say. Let's go surfing later on tonight. Yo, bro, let's go surfing, dude. <laughs> Wait, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. How about um, let's go play some baseball, or like talk about the game last night in your <laughs> California guy accent? Uh, yeah. The boys put up, oh, that was Southern. <laughs> the boys put up a, 
Oh damn! I can't get into it. <laughs> All right, enough of the accent. Then. Okay, let's try two more, that and then we'll fun. let and then we'll let you go. How about Boston? You've been in Cape Cod now for a, a whole summer. Uh, I'm from Boston, the Red Sox. I I can't do that one. <laughs> I feel like I didn't hear enough Boston accents this summer. Like I I heard like a couple guys, but it's a dying breed. There's not many. So well, you are granted two hours south of the city. Yeah. So well, maybe you if you spent did you go to Fenway Park at all or no? I did once. Yeah. It was okay. Great. Did you you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Is that your favorite ballpark? Uh no. no what's your favorite? Um, right now probably Seattle T-Mobile. Oh, that's um, a beautiful place. It was really nice, and I had I spent the whole summer there last year, so I was there a lot and loved it. See, we're segueing back into baseball. So you won MVP last night. Mm-hmm. Where I know we just talked about this before you got on the mic, but were you expecting <clears throat> to win? Two days ago, no. Like yesterday, no. Actually, yesterday morning, no. But I kind of got the idea from just people sort of hinting to it, like when I got to the field yesterday. Uh, but I don't know. There was <clears throat> a couple guys that I thought deserved it just as much or more. Um, so I kind of wasn't expecting it. But, yeah, it was a cool little accolade. As the season progressed, you started to do really, really well. Did that thought even come into your mind of, I could win MVP? Yeah, I think that I've always been, like, I'm focused on day-to-day, like, process and just bettering myself. But I've always used, like, trying to win those things as motivation. So I think coming into the summer, I wanted to win an MVP in a batting title. Like, I, I definitely thought about that. Um, I had a slow start. And then, yeah, kind of once I hit stride, I had a game against Orleans where I went, I had five hits. And from there, I was like, I'm going to go out and hopefully be the best player in the league, you know. So it it crosses my mind, but also, like, I'm not, I'm so focused on day-to-day and being present, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you accomplished a single-game stat line that no, it's never happened before in modern era of baseball. Um, you had six runs scored, six hits, and eight RBIs in a single game when i say that what goes through your head holy crap it's wild <laughs> um i don't know i i went i came up to play like eight or nine times that game and that's insane never happens i just didn't think that we like i would see such an offensive dominant game from our team or like any team i play on in the states so far like that's something you'd see in little league and so i got up a bunch of times and i guess i just had it that day and my confidence was through the roof and I just got pitches to hit but yeah it was just a wild day and just happened and things happen when you're hitting the ball like that is what do you recognize you're on a kind of hot streak or is it something that you reflect on after a game you recognize it like <clears throat> if you get a hit in your first at battle like hit a home run early in a game there's a different feeling the next time you step in the box and I think the best people in this game are able to replicate that confident feeling that they have after success all the time. So mm-hmm. it's like they don't need to be two for two to go three for three. Like you could be the best in the world, could go 0 for four and then get a walk up home run, you know? So it's interesting, like learning about how to kind of keep that confident feeling every time you go up to the plate, even if you're not succeeding. But you feel it like if, you, if you're doing well and everyone around you is like damn he's playing super well it gives you the confidence to go out and just be free and do what you do Mm -hmm. you guys Falmouth had a very up and down season you guys were down a lot of June then got really hot in July and continued to stay hot what was 
why do you think that was such a up and down summer for you guys? Yeah, I can't really speak to this, like, the June, especially the first portion of June. I think I came up to, like, 12 games or 13 Mm -hmm. games. But, yeah, like, it's just, it's tough when there's people moving in and out consistently. There's injuries. We might have had 70 different players this summer. I don't know. Something like that. And so the team dynamic changes weekly, and sometimes it's going to click. Sometimes it's going to not click. (laughs) But... Yeah, I think we just, like, found a core group of guys and everyone sort of started to loosen up and play the game the right way. Um, And we found momentum offensively and sort of an identity to go out and hit and take our walks. And we just rolled from there. But, yeah, I think we just played the game the right way and had had fun doing it. And it was good. What was that team dynamic like when things were clicking? It seems like a lot of fun. You had one crazy game where you guys scored, what, 28? 27. 27, 27. Like a football score, basically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. Just loose and energetic. I think guys held each other accountable all summer, which is huge for, like, a winning team. Just being able to, like, talk about plays and talk about the game and whatever's happening and be honest and criticize each other in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that helped our growth as a team. But... Really, it was just like a fun, loose environment, and it starts from the top. Our coaches are unbelievable people and make it easy to go out and perform. So, What's a good criticism? I've never heard of that before. Oh, just like if a guy makes a mistake or you feel like he needs to learn something from a play, just telling him. Like if we come in and something happened on the field, rather than just like kind of flush, like uh, leaving it, just being like, hey, like I think we could have done this better. Just not being afraid to be accountable and guys learning how to do that is just being better and better teammates, but there's a way to go about it. And yeah, you just have to learn how to go about it. But I think we did a good job of that. I don't mean to keep rehashing last night, but what went through your head during your final at-bat? I, I wanted to put the team on my back and save, like help save the season right there. I had a really good stretch of five play appearances going into that at-bat. And yeah, they... They'd kind of been staying out of the zone to me all day. I hadn't got many pitches to hit. I like to stick to my like approach, stick to my process. When the moment gets bigger, um, I had some learning experiences freshman year, like not being at my best in big situations. Um, so I've constantly been trying to improve as like a you could say clutch player. And interestingly enough, like I didn't have my best at bat and I ended up striking out. But yeah, I <laughs> the pitcher was pre-gripping his change up and. He threw me a first pitch change up and I hadn't really seen many fastballs to hit that like yesterday. And I saw him go to his glove to change up and I thought he like didn't change his grip. And so I set like, I was guessing change up the next pitch and he threw a fastball and that was the best pitch I got to hit all that bat. I'm kind of diving into this right now, but. No, go for it. Keep going. No. <laughs> um, I, the one fastball I took for a strike changed that bat. I really should have like swung at that and I kind of just let an impulse like change my approach and I ended up striking out but yeah just trying to hit something hard for the team and stick to what I've been doing that day but I ended up struggling I thought you played very well but um what's it like when you know a whole team is making their game plan kind of centered around you in a way of making sure they neutralize you it's cool but it it's just like another challenge and I think it helps me um kind of back to that confidence thing is like 
if you know the other team's like respects you and is focused on trying to not let you beat them in in a way, it brings your confidence up and it also makes the game like you, it calms you down just because you kind of know how they're going to go after you for the most part. And so I just stuck to what I could do and sort of it sort of made it easier. Yeah. What do you think is the most underrated part of your game? I I think like my ability to make others better. I think the people around me this summer realized that, and a lot of my teammates um, at school kind of respect my ability to do that and want to learn. And I don't know. I feel like I know a lot about the game, and I'm always willing to learn and be a sponge. And um, from whoever it is, younger, older, less experienced, more experienced, but. I think my ability to just like teach, but also like set examples and talk about the game can kind of make people flourish around me. And I think that's something I wish, like, not wish, I hope it like continues to be noticed and like continue to make an impact on my teammates. Every single article and people that I've talked to around Falmouth, they all call you a leader, a natural born leader. People get better and gravitate towards you. Why do you think that's the case for you? I think that the gra- like people gravitate to me and have for since I was like young, especially on the baseball field. Um, I think it starts with just like true confidence, um, not arrogance, not like cockiness, but just people. People are going to gravitate to people that are truly confident in themselves, especially in a certain field. And so I think there's that. And then I'm super talkative, and so when people hear me talk day after day and like, obsess over the game and I bring knowledge and like I don't know I sound like I know a lot and so you put the confidence with sounding like you know a lot and then people like he knows a lot like I want to be around him I think that's pretty much it but the confidence piece is huge like I think that brings people towards you I also heard that you like to read about a lot of winning things watch about watch winning teams or winning players is that correct yeah what do you, who do you watch? What do you read about? Um, anything and everything, but I think that, like, I, I just, <laughs> I've, one of my favorite books is, um, it's about the New Zealand rugby team, mm-hmm. who's been, like, one of the most successful international sports teams ever, um, and their culture and the way they go about things. It's an unbelievable book. But just anything and everything, like, I'm constantly on the search for information and, ways I can get an edge on the game and just be a better person on and off the field and so I don't know I really there's not much pinpointing but like I want to read about team culture I want to read about leadership personal development and then like I'm always watching videos about baseball teams and whatever it's just like there's so much out there and I'm kind of just searching for it do you have a favorite team yeah I I do I'm not I'm a fan of good baseball but that's a bad answer. So, I I'm a Dodgers fan. Yeah, I uh, they came to Australia when I was little and played a game against the Diamondbacks, and yeah, they were the best team there. So I was like, I'm a Dodgers fan now. What has been the hardest part about leaving Australia and coming to the U.S.? Uh, probably just leaving family behind. Like all my family's in Australia, so not being able to be around them and be with them through ups and downs um, in their life is so it's a sacrifice I knew I was going to make from a younger age but yeah I'd say that and how do you mentally prepare 
to walk, not walk away, but say goodbye or realize you're not going to see your family as often as you'd probably like? I think just give it my all. Like, I didn't want to come over here and spend so much time away from them to not succeed. So just, yeah, giving everything I've got day in, day out so that this pays off. I can give back and I can make it worthwhile for them and enjoyable for them that I'm over here. And they just want to see me do well, especially my parents. If I'm doing well, then everyone's happy. But, um, yeah. How do you want to give back? That Um, seems to be one of your big, not themes, I would say, but definitely one of your strong things that you want to accomplish is give back. What does that mean? The opportunity to, like, play baseball in America started with playing baseball in Australia and I think there's many opportunities for so many people back home. So in terms of the public and the people like outside of my family, just I like I am where I am because of my kind of unwavering belief in myself. Like I always believed in myself that I was going to do this. Like I've had visions of this since I was 15. Like truly, I, I straight up have like I'm always envisioning the future for myself and it's been kind of falling into place. But it's because I like never stopped believing. And so I'm trying to like, spread that message back home to the people that I can be in contact with and the people that get my message that like as much as it's cliche like go have a dream and go go after it and believe and don't let people kind of set limits on yourself on on you so there's that and then giving back to my family it's like my parents supported me in every aspect since I was little and let me go out and learn and fail and grow and win lose whatever but they always pushed me and trusted me to go and do things like it was never they weren't they weren't strict per se they weren't yeah they just trusted me and so I could go out and do what I needed to do and then they'd set the examples and help me learn how to be better but I want to give back to my parents and help them continue to enjoy things and live a good life do you want to go back to Australia and live there for a while after you conclude your future MLB career um it's interesting like if baseball ended today I'd live in Australia tomorrow kind of thing yeah but it's hard because hopefully I'm playing this game till I'm late 30s and playing the major leagues and by that time hopefully I'm settled down with kids and a wife so that wife's probably gonna be American because I'm gonna be here so long um I'm probably gonna end up living in the U.S. I don't know it's I want to live in Australia but the way my life's going I'm gonna be here so we'll see yeah we'll check back in 20 years to see what's happening um what does Australia do better than the United States okay I'm gonna give you the brutally honest and then I'll give you a a different answer you can give us the brutally honest the brutally honest Australians do manners better so like please and thank you like Australians do that considerably better than Americans. Really? Yeah. What's an example? Um, someone will do something. You'll like open a door for someone, and they might like say nothing. And in Australia, like they're gonna say thank you more often than not. Again, I hate I hate this because I feel like I'm sh- like being I feel like I'm putting down the U.S. You're but, not. You're not. Um, and then like if someone does something for you and you thank them, like in Australia they go, oh, like no worries thank you for whatever here they'd be like yep so i feel like just manners but i don't know i haven't seen every part of the u.s so i can't like judge certain it's a big country uh certain demographics or parts of the country 
Um, and then non-brutally honest, I think food in general is better in Australia. Don't know why, but like even like if you went to McDonald's, if I ordered a cheeseburger in Australia versus a cheeseburger in America, like for some reason it tastes better to me in Australia. Don't know why, but I think we have like more food regulations and like, I don't know. I think that the process from like farm to plate in Australia is more safe and like focused on human health versus capitalism i don't know <laughs> you're not wrong you're really that's not wrong. that's like a theory of mine but yeah <laughs> as someone who watches that stuff no you're not wrong um so let's flip-flop the question what does the what are the what does the u.s do better than australia entertainment like okay. the amount of concerts sports events everything just entertainment as a whole i'd say like it's unbelievable here and second to none you know like in australia we watch we watch movies that are made in america we watch we listen to music that's made in america um and we watch sporting events that are in america obviously the sport in australia but i think that the access to fun entertainment is pretty special and something you guys should continue to be grateful for um yeah so let's go back to baseball. Sorry, off topic. You stole 36 bases at college this spring and another 14 on the Cape. What adjustments did you make to see that increase um, from just 14 in 2022? Confidence. Confidence? Tr- like trusting trusting the attempt or like just going for it. But more more than that, making it, making it math a little bit. Like the pitch is going to have a time to the plate and the catch is going to take his time to throw the ball to the like second base so if i know how fast i can be from my jump to second base and i know that like i'm gonna beat that time i kind of just make it a math equation and every time i'm gonna beat that them like i'm gonna run so if, for me it's like if the pitch is a one three to the plate and the catch is a two zero, which is about like average to just above average for most college like times i'm safe by like 0.1 even if the throw is perfect so just trusting to run in that scenario every single time like it's gonna pay off and then yeah the that change happened like i'd read a lot about base running in the last 20 like two years not 22 years two years um but the leader in the pac-12 which is now falling apart but um the leader in the pac-12 like probably a third of the way through the season like i'm friends with him i was like how are you stealing so many bases and he just said every time like I think I should run, I run, and I realized that I can steal more bases than I thought. That night, I stole five bases and broke the Oregon State single-game record um, just because I, like, changed my – it totally switched my mindset when I get on base. Um, and from there, I just went, and now it's – yeah. Like, I just learned how to do it and got better at it. And this summer, I feel like I didn't run as much as I could have. Just because, like, I've already got now, like, 90 games under my belt this season. And so just not trying to put myself in situations where I could pull up hurt. Stealing bases is a little bit of a risky thing with, like, fingers, wrists when you slide or, like, just running at full intent. So it sounds like I'm shying away from the game. But, no, just, like, being careful a little bit. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the Pac-12? You brought that up. Yeah, um, I have no idea. I just gonna control what i can control and stay away from all the noise i think but um hopefully someone figures it out it's gonna be interesting because um, there's a lot of people 
that I like want the best for going to Oregon State in the future, and I don't, I don't know how that'll impact them, but they'll figure it out. And I know the people like running at least our baseball program will keep it in a good place no matter what conference we're in. So it is what it is. Who is your favorite team to play against at Oregon State? Who's your rival even? The Ducks, Oregon Ducks, okay. like big rival. Um, so it's always a little bit of extra energy playing against them. It gets a little bit chippy. But in the past two years, probably Stanford, that they've been the strongest team in the pack the last two years and gone to Omaha twice. So playing against them is a good battle, and it's like really good competition. So Stanford or Oregon, I'd say. Are you chippy? I feel like because an Australian accent is so friendly that even if you wanted to be chippy, it comes across as nice. No, because it, it's just tone. Like It's tone. I think it it can be aggressive. Like, I don't know. I don't think my Australian accent makes me friendlier when it gets serious. But that's for someone else to decide. Do you chirp? Um, I'm not a big chirper, but I'll chirp if, like, I think it's the right time. I think I use the word chirp as, like, just saying stuff to say stuff like i'm not chirping people for nothing like i'll say something when i feel like something needs to be said versus like chirping to me is just like trying to get in someone's head so i don't know like if a guy slides into my teammate and like gets in his face like i'm gonna step in and say something but like i'm not gonna if someone strikes out from the other team i'm not gonna be like yeah nice swing dude like chirping like some people do that oh really like sarcastic like yeah Alright. So, so it's like I'll step in when it's time to step in, but I'm not gonna like I don't make jokes about other people. When it's chirping. Needed. Chirping, okay. Yeah. You do it when it's needed. Yeah. Has there been a time when you thought it was very warranted? Yeah, so like <clears throat> let's hear a story. Okay, so a couple examples. Like people will be in the dugout and they'll be chirping the umpire for balls and strikes and they can't even see if it's a ball or a strike, like side to side from the dugout because you can't like see really it's really hard to tell and so our guys would be chirping an umpire all game and i'm like out on the field like why are we chirping the umpire it's not going to help us get calls but then like last night for example like when the game got tight and our pitch came in and he made a couple good pitches and the umpire like i thought squeezed the zone and like made it really tough for him and we came in for a meeting and i said like I said to the umpire, you can't squeeze him right there. Like I just faced him, said it. Anyway, I shouldn't. You shouldn't t- get on the umpire. But like, it, if I feel like it's warranted, I might say something. And then another scenario is like, there was a game earlier this season where we were winning eleven two, and it was the seventh or eighth inning, and like a guy on another team bunted for a base hit up nine in like the eighth inning, and like unwritten rule. But, like, if the third baseman's playing back, we're up nine late in the game. Like, you don't really bunt for a hit. It's just, like, I don't know. It's just a thing. It's just, like, it's just a known thing. Because you're just getting yours right there when, like... Your team isn't. It's, like, yeah. It's hard to explain. But, like, again, I said something to that kid and we kind of talked it over. But, um, I don't know. Just, like finding the right time to say something but i keep to myself unless it's necessary it's actually funny because i hear you're really into breathing and meditating Mm -hmm. what is that process like for you 
Um, so it's funny to hear you get all like, yeah. chirping. I would not yeah. expect that from you. Yeah, like, it's part of the game. But mm-hmm. um, breathing meditation is interesting. Like, I've, again, I've been looking for edges to have in the game since I was young and always, like, trying to learn and understanding that, like, the mental part of the game is so huge. How do we control that? How do I, like, control my thoughts? Because thoughts are being a play a big part on your actions and whatever and like heart rate whatever so knowing how much of an impact that can have i kind of dove dive deep dived into that and like pre-game either do guided breath work or meditation for like 20 25 minutes or i nap for 25 minutes if i'm just feeling like i need it at the game yeah in the locker room (laughs) it's like at school we finish batting practice and the first thing i do is go to like our players lounge and do meditation for 25 minutes or nap for 25 minutes like i'll literally go to sleep and then i'll come out put my uniform on and play but oregon state's locker room i'm assuming is way nicer than falmouth's i've seen yeah, falmouth's. It's nicer, yeah. It's nicer. i can't imagine someone taking a nap in that bathroom no no no, no 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 so falmouth i go in like a different locker room it's like colder and i put stuff to lie on <laughs> um but yeah, it's the naps definitely aren't as nice than they are at Oregon State because I get like a couch there and a pillow, so it's it's sweet. But um, yeah, for me, I'm super amped up when I play, and super, you could say like a a fast heartbeat guy, and very reactive, and so being able to be like proactive and slow the game down versus like reactive can be helpful sometimes. And the way I do that is just to be in the right focus like calm state before the game so meditation can play a role in that for me um so i love doing it pre-game and then if yeah at night when i feel like i need to start winding down i might do some light breath breath work or meditation um just to yeah calm down and try to get a good sleep but um it's been super helpful and i've had some good people really push it on me and um it's a skill like i always told people in my life like you should start meditating last couple years but everyone's like oh it didn't work for me it's like it takes time it's a skill you have to like actually learn how to do it and you have to learn how to fight through like the the, let the thoughts just come and go i don't know i'm not going to dive into meditation right now but it takes time and it's helped me a lot um, I feel like I'm really in control of my thoughts and I'm, I'm self-aware of like where my mind's going in day-to-day basis and I can kind of control what I'm doing. So, I meditate, so I love meditating, so I like hearing your perspective on it. Do you use an app or are you just kind of someone you can go into it by yourself now? Um, I still use apps most of the time. I can kind of do like a five to ten minute by myself, but I usually get taken away if it's not guided past that time, I'd say. So like inside timer or headspace depending on like what i'm feeling have you ever like had to do it in the middle of a game before in a big like situation yeah it's funny i uh i've definitely done it I, i'd say since being at college i've probably done it like in the middle of a game three or four times mm-hmm. in like 120 games so not often it's a rarity but the one i remember most i was like 16 playing in a f- playoff game in australia and i made two errors in an inning two errors in an inning and i was like rattled like i was young I was, my heart rate was through the roof. I was like, I just blew this game for us. And I went into like 
like the back the dugout had like a locker room behind it i went into the locker room probably shouldn't have because you don't use your phone in the game but i literally put my headphones in put on a 10 minute med- like a, a five minute meditation i had the the ambient sound on my headphones so i could hear when we were going to go back out and i literally just like did a guided meditation and it, it was crazy how much that was like the moment where meditation like really clicked for me and i saw how impactful it could be it's because i was so stressed and like annoyed with myself and i did like five minutes of slow breath work and like i went back out and it felt like nothing had happened and i was like so mentally clear and i think i played well the rest of the game so yeah that was like the day where i was like i can really change my mental state like this and so i'm i can't let that take over my game or my day when you're feeling a certain type of way so just being in control of those things but that was a moment where i used it in the game I'm not supposed to use your phone or be sitting in the locker room during a game but i felt it was necessary sometimes it's warranted yeah did you end up winning the game or playing better do you remember i can't remember if we won that game but i definitely i definitely played better and felt better so i guess quality of baseball what's the biggest difference between the quality of baseball in australia versus the united states the biggest difference comes from the depth because so many people play baseball in the u.s there's this depth there's like quality coaches everywhere all parts of the country all levels quality coaching quality competition so you can kind of get better with the people around you no matter where you are but in australia if you're not like getting opportunities in top programs and making into like the top academies and things it's tough because there's not much good coaching and there's not much good resources and so you need you need to be good to get good it's kind of like a bad cycle so i'd say the depth of the the programs just because there's not as many people playing baseball in australia on like a more playing standpoint where i was playing the last three years in australia before i came here probably just velocity pitching like everyone kind of knows how to play the game and do the fundamentals but the tools and the raw athleticism is obviously way higher in college so everyone throws harder runs faster hits the ball harder here but the game's the same was that adjustment hard for you or no no i think i prepared pretty well and it it didn't end up being too hard but i think i just had the right mindset going to it and trusted myself and didn't let it like affect me legacies are obviously different in different parts of your Mm -hmm. life what would you like your legacy to be in australia at oregon state and then even here on cape cod in australia um i hope i hope i'm more than just a baseball player but by the end of it like i hope i hope that i'm kind of an inspiring athlete and inspiring kind of voice for people back home and to kind of just give people belief I don't know whatever that is like I care about that and I hope I'm known for like just giving back and being caring and having empathy and that's pretty much it but just if I can impact it more than baseball and spread my reach um yeah first step would be to make it in baseball and then I can take it from there but I'd say that and then in Oregon State like it's such an incredible family and culture and alumni just to be kind of etched in the in the names of some of the greats with like Adley Rutschman and some of the rest of them there's a lot of names um that would be incredible and I just want it to be a place I can go back to and um have good relationships 
forever. So that's what I care about there. And then the Cape Cod League, it's kind of over now, but I just hope <clears throat> not only like the season I had is remembered in some way, but more just the people I was around and the relationships I built. I hope that like I continue to carry those and I'm valued um, as a person and hopefully I can just be there for people. Um, what makes you so good at what you do? I think I'm just like committed to an endless pursuit of trying to be better. I don't know. I love like as much as this is so cliche, like I love the process. I love smashing little goals and just like getting a little bit better or I don't know, proving people wrong. Like I, I think that I'm just obsessed with that pursuit and I'm able to like obsess over it, but still have quality in other parts of my life. I think I've got a good balance of that, but yeah, I think I just care a lot about the game and have a great why so that it makes going about it and thinking about it every day easier. I think it's just a passion. I don't let anyone take that away from me. In your sit down with Destiny, shout out to her, she killed that. Um, you said that you had a ton of doubters. What, what are some things they said to you that stuck with you? You're too small to hit for power. You, you're gonna sit on the bench for two years at Oregon State because Australian kids aren't ready to go D1. You should have gone to JUCO. You're going to lose your scholarship at Oregon State. You should move to the outfield because the the Latin kids in professional baseball are way too good in the infield. You'll never be worth more than a hundred grand in a baseball contract. Um, I can't see you. Yeah, I can't see you ever having your value higher than that. Shout out, scout. Won't name names. Yeah, like. A lot of it's, like, just whispers. So, like, when I committed to Oregon State, people would talk about it, and then they'd talk to people, and the people I'm close to, they'd hear what people were saying and be like, yo, this guy said this. Like, what a what a loser. And I'd be like, yeah. So I've actually got a note in my phone. I'm not going to pull it up, but I've got a note in my phone that I've had for years that I, like, write down those things because I just use it as fuel. And, like, I don't really look back on it much, but... I love the negative energy to like help me go out and perform. Um, I've said this before, but motivation's there when you're doing well. Like if you have a good day, like you're motivated to have another good day. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna go out and eat well, be active, get the things you need to do done. But like if you're struggling, if you're not feeling your best, like you're not gonna be motivated to do those things. So motivation's there when you should have it. And I used like the negative stuff as my fuel to go out and get better and do things I needed to do when like I wasn't doing well because it's like I'm going to prove this person wrong down the road so just learning how to get away from short-term gratification and focus on like long-term process-oriented things you said you have these little goals that you like to Mm -hmm. hit what's a little goal right now that you have it's like right now for me I'm I gotta focus on like exit velocity and bat speed and trying to hit the ball harder I think that's going to be a big factor in how high I can go next year in the draft and how productive I can be for the team. Just trying to, yeah, do more damage, hit more home runs. So just little goals on that side of things, trying to progress. Um, And then also I'm trying to gain weight, probably five more pounds. So just seeing the scale go up as much as I can every day. That's kind of the little goals where I like it's a win in the morning if I step on the scale and it's heavier. Um, Totally off topic. You, when you pulls out your what's your background on your phone you what is it don't worry about it <laughs> okay I'll, I'll please i saw it briefly it was a mock draft that came out 
and I like wasn't in like the top 20 and uh, I just get to look at that every day so motivation yeah it's just one of those things like just based on the last question like I hate saying that like I really do like people like dude what a loser but like I know that helps me and like as much as it sounds so stupid that I'm like focus on that I'll let that oh like you let that get in your head like no like I'm just I want to know why I'm not there and I want to know why like what I've got to do better to prove that person wrong and so it's just motivation it's like don't let them like or let them doubt you but like prove them wrong when you get the chance so I don't know I used that that came out in the middle of the summer and I think after it came out I started playing better so um just yeah just trying to be the best I can that's amazing what is one question I haven't asked you yet that you think that I should you should ask me about coach trendy let's just say you asked me tell, tell me about coach trendy tell me about coach trendy coach trendy this I think this year was his 25th year with the Commodores that guy's just like when I tell you I've talked to probably hundreds of people now about the guy and no one's had a bad thing to say about him when he's been doing it for 25 years and like seen so many people and been through so many different experiences I don't know how you could have a bad thing to say about him he's down to earth he has time for everybody just such a loving man and like he changed the lives of some people I'm very close to some people back at Oregon State when they played for him years back um so he's a he's a fighter and just a, a great person and I deserve I, I he deserves um all the respect and love from the people around here and everyone so yeah I'd love to just make sure he knows that he's respected and loved because um yeah he's been doing it a long time and I just hope he can continue to be healthy and continue to do what he loves every interaction I've had with him has been amazing he's such a great person yeah yeah. Well, we were almost done. We're going to do a little Twitter segment. So I kind of alluded to this earlier. We went through your Twitter. Um, you had some interesting things to say. So I'll let you see this one. So on September 16th, 2020, you like quote tweeted this little thing right here. So big LeBron fan, it seems like. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So why is so do you think he's the GOAT over MJ? I'm gonna be honest. I think it's a debate. It's I a think debate? I okay. think it's close, and I think everyone wants to. For some reason, in the U.S., everyone everyone wants to be like extreme opinion. Yeah, everyone no one meets in the middle here. Never in anything. So I meet in the middle, but I think MJ just has it. Like I think he's the goat by a little bit. Um, I think it's close, but I respect LeBron James as a player. So I think that because of the whole debate like people decide they like hated lebron or like love lebron and it's like you should respect lebron because he's done it at that level for so long and like just been unbelievable and there's like not many flaws you can put to his name so i like to give respect where respect's due and that's just one of those quotes you are a dodgers fan are you also a lakers fan is that your mo you're an la no, fan i don't i'm not a basketball fan i'm a basketball fan sorry but i'm not a like i don't have a team okay but i like good basketball like i want to watch greatness like happen as much as that's so boring and like such so. a made in the middle response like i like watching the lakers when he was like dominating i like watching the warriors when steph's dominating like i just want to see people battle it out i don't know um this is it play catch or have a catch what is want to roll it over 
Um, <laughs> so it goes. Just... So it goes up for context because people can't see it. It's uh, like a video, and it says "play catch or have a catch," and it's people like other baseball players answering like, "Which one do you say to your friends?" And um, Australians apparently say, "I wanna, I wanna roll it over." <laughs> what? Yeah, um, that's actually, like, the reason I, I don't retweet much stuff that's not just baseball-based. So yeah. That is baseball-based, but it's also a joke. Okay, first off, shout-out shout out TVS. He's a, he's a great Aussie baseball player, and um, he's got some quality Twitter posts. So, anyway, yeah, sometimes, like, to play catch, like, if, if someone wanted to, if I wanted to play catch with you, I'd say, like, you want to roll it over? Like, just roll the arm <laughs> over, like, get it going. <laughs> I think that that comes from cricket terms. Cricket's, like, big in Australia. And um, I guess, like, you could... It's called bowling in cricket, not pitching. Uh, um, and you could, like, roll it over and, like, bowl a couple balls. And so I think people just push that into baseball and, like, yeah, want to roll it over. Just, like, get the arm going a little bit, play some light catch. Loosen um, it up. Yeah, so that's actually funny because I never... I feel like my slang... And, like, the phrases I use here are very American now. Like, I don't say, like, I wouldn't say that with the Commodores because everyone would be like, what are you saying? Like, I have a good feel for what people say here, but I kind of wish I said more stuff like that. Um, I think you should. Because it would be funny, but I just, like, it doesn't come out when I'm talking to, if, I, if I'm talking to Australians, like, that stuff will come out of my mouth, but it doesn't. Now. What else is there? What other Australian oh slang? Gosh, that's putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm sorry. But I'm there's sorry. just so much, so much. There's, like, it's everything. If you told, oh god, I want to roll it over. Yeah. I would not think you're talking about baseball. Yeah. If I, uh, if I like hopped on a Facetime with an Australian, like you'd be like, what are you saying? It's way different because we speak fast and use different like terminology and slang and stuff. So yeah, it's a whole different thing. We're speaking English, but it's different. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and also we should not play catch. It'd be <laughs> embarrassing for me. Next one. So you're big griller. Yeah. It seems like what is the specialty? What do you normally grill? Steaks, burgers, sausage sangers, we'd say in Australia. That's what is it? <laughs> right, there's uh, some sausage sangers. So that's like a, it's like a, the Australian version of a hot dog. It's like a sausage sandwich. But um, yeah, if you ever go to Australia, you got to try a Bunnings sausage sanger, right, on a Sunday. So <laughs> it's funny. That's an Australian term, but I think that, yeah, we, we just cook all kinds of stuff, but yeah, there's an OSU logo and a and a beaver on that. If you can see, I see it. Yeah, I saw it's a video. Yeah, and yeah, it's a pretty good show in the backyard of my house. Um, do you have a portable grill? Is um, that what that it's is? It's kind of portable. Yeah. What else do you cook on there other than just those? Do you ever go like s'mores? No, s'mores is super American. We've never. I think I don't know if I've, we've ever done s'mores on that grill. Oh, you've had a s'more though, right? Yeah. Okay. I've been having s'mores this summer. Oh my. They're a delicate, like, that is, I think it's jumped into my top, like, five, seven foods in the world. Really? Like, I love s'mores now. What do you, put? okay, let's go through the routine. So, marshmallow. Yeah. Is it, like, a brown? Is it burnt? Is it lightly cooked? How do you do it? Um, like, lightly cooked. Yeah. No, like, 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 brown. Like, I don't want it, like, charred. Okay. Because I'm not a big charred things guy, I don't know. Okay. Then how much chocolate do you use? Like, a slice. Like, like one, one, one Hershey slice, one little, bo- one little... Like, like, enough to cover the marshmallow. Okay. Do you ever use Reese's peanut butter cups? Never. You've never done no that? No one's ever recommended it. Really good. Like I peanut would. Peanut butter and chocolate? Mm-hmm. It's really good. I would love that. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, so you said it was your top 
five to seven what's the rest of the top foods ice cream because it's really hard to have bad ice cream like i love ice cream like it's just always good okay ice cream steak sushi good sushi the good like i can't stand bad sushi <laughs> but i love sushi i don't think anyone can like, stand bad sushi no, i know i love sushi but like some people need to up their game on their sushi okay um s'mores there we go no. Four. i don't know that's about it right now i can't think of any others did you ever have like sushi up here when you were on the yeah cave? i haven't actually okay there's some good but places I had, i've had some like good seafood you had um, a clam chowder lobster roll yeah i've done do done it all done the cold done the hot lobster roll we like it cold lobster roll yeah okay. i like the hot lobster roll better with butter that's like i'm fan so okay. oysters mussels oysters clam. fan mussels yeah wouldn't really buy them clams yeah but i i like oysters clam chowder is really good i'm a fan i'm not a picky eater I, I just like i like to try new things so i've enjoyed trying all those things and final question mm -hmm. if when i say in the 2024 mlb draft blank team selects travis bazana i know you said that you're a dodgers fan or like now a now closeted mariners fan but is there a team that you would like to fill that blank in with one of those two any of them any team yeah probably i think teams that come to mind are like the dodgers and mariners just because i like them i was a fan and i'm kind of fans of both those teams but at the end of the day like just somewhere that i'm as so much as this is such a boring it's like somewhere that i'm valued and i get along with the people and can build really good relationships and flourish just yeah anyone that's gonna give a quality opportunity for me so um yeah i don't know hopefully i get picked before the dodgers pick because they'll pick late in the first round okay. and i really want to go high so anywhere but just somewhere that's good i don't know well that's it i don't want to limit my options oh fair, i mean fair enough yeah. want to open yeah open. i can't be out here like no don't draft me this thing <laughs> this thing can you yeah. imagine telling it we want to draft you nope never mind yeah. nope no so yeah just someone that is going to help me develop and good people that's all I have for you. Thank you so much again for Thank taking you. the time. It's been great. And wow, just like that, this season of the podcast is officially over. I want to give a huge shout out to a few people real quick. To Andrew Fantuccio, thank you so much for helping me write all of these questions. To Kaylee Grieb and Julia Foster, thank you for coming with me to all these interviews and being my right-hand women all summer long. You guys made me a better broadcaster and journalist. To Michael Lane, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Doing this podcast meant the world to me, and I'm so incredibly honored you trusted me with this responsibility. Thank you to everyone who listened to me all summer. I know we will meet again. And in the famous words from The Truman Show, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. But to add my own spin, I'll see you all soon.